Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, Neil? Fantastic. And our guest today is Charlotte Stewart. We all know her from Little House on the Prairie and also uh, many other things. Charlotte, thanks for stopping by. How are you? I'm just fine. I just got back from a long trip to Illinois, uh, Oklahoma, and Missouri. What did you? Where, where did you go out there for? Business? Uh, it was a Little House in the Prairie event uh, <laughs> to meet all the local people in Missouri and Oklahoma and Illinois. And we had a wonderful time. You know, Greg, I'm going to go to Greg for this. And you and I, Greg, we remember Little House on the Prairie. Sure. But some people, you know, out there that just are living, are growing up with it right now too, Greg. It's crazy yeah. how this this show can tell that story, right, of of living a simplistic life, right, Greg? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, it, there's a lot of great things to say about living simply, right, versus high tech and complex. So it has a lot of pluses to it. So Charlotte, when you got the opportunity to audition for the Little House, Little House in the Prairie, did you know it'd be as successful as, you know, because it was a book series before? <laughs> no, I didn't. In fact, I didn't even know what Little House on the Prairie was. I had never read the books. I didn't know anything about it. And um, when I when I went in for my audition, it's then I realized it was going to be a Michael Landon pro, you know, project. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is the luckiest thing I've ever fallen into. <laughs> but it, it, uh, I had no idea how popular it was going to be. In fact, it took a few years for us to catch on. Uh, if we went any, any place but Los Angeles, where we were shooting, we were very popular. But, you know, in our hometown, everybody kind of went, eh, what's that? <laughs> but we've been, no. we've been on now for 49 years. Wow. That's amazing. So you were you were Miss Beetle, right? That's that's correct. The school teacher. Yeah. And you know, I think the reason I was so comfortable with all the children uh, when we were shooting is my sister had seven children. You know, ages you know two, four, six, eight, ten, you know, up to teenagers. So I knew how to handle a crowd of children. You know. That's incredible. What what was it like working with the rest of the uh, cast members and the show itself? Well, I I had just. I had never met Melissa Gilbert or Melissa Sue Anderson or Alison Arngram, who played Nellie. But I have to tell you, you know, years later, when we all started going on the road and meeting fans, Nellie and I became, a have you know, real pals. We traveled together a lot. And um, I just admired them so much because they were always on time. They always knew their lines. They were so professional. And yet they stayed children. You know, that was Michael's rule was come on time and know your work and anything goes after that. So, you know, he he kept that freshness of the child. They weren't, you know, little child actors. They were kids who happened to be on a television show. And he really uh, played that very well. Now, we think about Michael Landon again and the the amazing talent he was. Charlotte, working with him, what did you see that was the brilliance of who Michael Landon is? Well, he was, you know, he was very outgoing. Uh, he was very easy to get to know. But the thing I admired about him the most is he was a family man. And he had a large crew that worked for him, not just the actors, but quite a large crew, you know, 25 or 30 people. And they had all come with him from Bonanza. They, had, <laughs> they liked him so much. They were so um, appreciative of the way he worked. 
you come in at six o'clock in the morning, makeup, hair, whatever the crew is setting up the set. And, you know, you break for lunch, normal time. You get to go home at six o'clock because he was a family man and his crew had families. And, you know, I had worked on, oh gosh, uh, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, FBI, Medical Center, My Three Sons. You worked until 10, 11 o'clock. And then you were expected to come in at six o'clock in the morning. It's exhausting. So he would shoot so that he would shoot just enough to cover a master, which was the, the scene, you know, from beginning to end. And then he would, when he, he planned his close-ups so that we weren't sitting there all day long doing one scene. We covered a lot of territory in a day. So we got to go home at six o'clock. And of course, I got to go home earlier because I worked with the children who could only work four hours a day. So they had to go to school. They had, you know, they were on the set going to school. Then they had to take so many breaks during the day. It was all according to what the Screen Actors Guild um, permitted. Wow. Wow. But if, if you think about Twin Peaks and you think about Little House on the Prairie, which which of those shows did you enjoy working on the most? And like, what were the differences that you would oh see? Oh my Obviously, gosh, what a funny question. <laughs> um, well, Little House on the Prairie, I was on for four years. Um, it was comfortable. It was timely. Uh, they treated me very well. I made friends. Um, Twin Peaks. I had worked with David Lynch on his first film, Eraserhead which won the LA Film Award when it was released. I had no, I mean, it was the craziest film to shoot. And I did that before I did Little House on the Prairie. Oh. In fact, I went from Little House on the Prairie shoot to the Waltons working, David Lynch only worked after midnight. So I would work all night long with the David Lynch film. And then six in the morning, I was expected to be at Warner Brothers to be on the, the um, Walton set. And it was crazy for a while, but that was the kind of life. That's what I, I did. I did whatever came up. And of course, I always did student films because how are they going to know how to direct actors if they don't work with professional actors? So my point was, you know, give them all the time I could. And then much later, of course, David Lynch became very popular. He went on to do a lot of films. And then he called me up one day and said, Shar, you want to go to work? <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, I've got a series. It's called Twin Peaks. And I think you sh you'd be good on it. So that's how I got Twin Peaks. Charlotte, did you think that David was going to be that much of a talent? First meeting him, I guess, seeing his growth as, as a director and a creative? I had no idea. I, I actually, to tell you the truth, I questioned whether he would, you know, make it in the business because he was so particular about what he shot. And the movie was kind of weird. You know, it was it was nothing I had ever done before. And his you know, the way he worked from midnight to six in the morning was kind of crazy. Um, but I, I knew that from working with him, if you went to see the movie, you could not expect a linear plot. You had to let the film wash over you. You had to experience it in a whole different way. And I think that's what surprised Hollywood so much when Eraserhead was released. They were shocked, you know, that somebody could make something so beautiful and so strange and kind of suck you into it. So I admired him for that, but I didn't get it right away. But as an actor, I always follow a director's instructions. 
And if he told me to get on the floor and reach under the bed and grab that suitcase four times, that's what I did. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, Charlotte, you've been on a variety of movies and TV shows and so on. Uh, but what do you feel was the biggest challenge that you faced in your career and how did you overcome it? Oh, boy. Um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that. I was so lucky. I did over 50 television shows before I got onto Little House on the Prairie. And then I did almost 50 more. So I just felt, first of all, I looked young for a really long time. So if, if you needed a character that was, that was supposed to be 17, but I was actually, you know, 30, I could do the part. And I think that's what let me work so much. Uh, it was just, you know, luck of the draw, I think. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just think luck followed me around. I met the right people at the right time. I had never met Michael Landon before I auditioned for Little House on the Prairie. So I, I don't know. I think when I did the audition, I walked into the waiting room and there were all these women in prairie clothes. And I thought, and I was in jeans and a t-shirt, which is, I lived, I was a hippie, you know, it was, a, it was the seventies. And, and I, I didn't uh, even know what it was about. So when I walked in the room, there were all these men to, to do the audition and the producer sitting me on a great big desk. And he said, are you ready to audition? And I said, excuse me, but can I sit behind your desk? And he looked at me and he looked at Michael and he, he said, um, uh, sure. And he got up and he moved over to with all the other men and they started giggling literally if you know Michael <laughs> Landon he giggles and I slammed the desk and I said quiet oh my god the looks on their faces it was just amazing <laughs> and I read and before I got home that day I had the part <laughs> oh, that's great <laughs> uh, so it's it's like and, and you are able to do it and all this experience as guest starring in different roles, things like that. Do you feel, what do you think made you the ability to work on so many projects? Because a working actor, it's hard being a working actor. It's not the easiest thing in the world because you have to audition for each part. But we Absolutely. look at so many different parts you have. What do you think set yourself apart from other people that the directors and producers say, okay, we're going to hire Charlotte? Gosh, I think my innocence you know, literally my innocence about the business. Um, I just went for each, every time my agent uh, called me, I was excited, but I just went in, you know, they would send me the script ahead of time, usually, not always, but um, I was enthusiastic. I was grateful. Uh, I loved it. I just loved it. And I didn't, I didn't, um, I, I don't think I was that good of an actor. I think I just, could look a lot of different ways. For instance, when I was doing Eraserhead, uh, as you recall, she was pretty uh, weird looking. You know, uh, the, I did a special hairstyle that that was was kind of weird. And then I would shoot all night, and then I would go to Warner Brothers and be on the Waltons, where I played a prairie mother abandoning her child to the Waltons because she was deaf and I didn't understand. And then I would go back that night and shoot the wall, shoot eraser head. So I think I was versatile in a funny way, but I'll tell you the truth. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was just lucky. <laughs> and I oh. never said no. 
I don't care if it was a one day part, a five day part or a three year part. I never said no. I just did a one, you know, I just did it. So. That's great. I would say that maybe you got that from Jim Carrey's movie, you know, where he just said yes to everything, but that came out much later, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, Charlotte, um, we know the three shows that we've talked about, you know, The Waltons, Twin Peaks, Little House on the Prairie. Could could you just rattle off a few of the other TV shows that you had either a cameo in or a part in that? Uh, Medical Center, um, uh, then came Bronson. I started out on the Loretta Young show. When I was 19, that was my first job. And I ended up doing three of her shows, one with Loretta. Uh, I did, um, oh gosh, My Three Sons, Bachelor Father, um, Medical Center, Bonanza, Gunsmoke. Um, oh gosh, if you've got my resume there, you can tell. All the it good goes, ones. <laughs> it, goes three, it goes for three pages. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's, you know, it's been since... Um, 1959 that I started working and my my very first job was I was Alice in Wonderland at Disneyland and that's when the park first opened it had been open for two years and I was a student at the Pasadena Playhouse uh, and they came there looking for actors to play characters so you know they signed you know about seven of us to drive to Anaheim every day and and play the characters it was a ball and I met Walt Disney. That was wow. an honor. Yeah. yeah. He came, he had an apartment over the firehouse. And uh, we used to take our cigarette breaks <laughs> <laughs> behind the firehouse. And Walt, drove, with his limousine, drove up one day and got out. We were all standing there in costume. And he was so gracious. He came over and, you know, introduced himself to each one of us. So that that was quite something. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this, the the types of shows you saw from the six from the 50s and I mean the 60s all the way to now, how things have changed in this business. And thinking about the shows and how the storylines were and how the 60s changed in the 70s and 80s and so on and so forth. What do you think continues to be the way the way to be a successful actor today? even though the the lines have changed, the storylines have changed and everything. Gosh, I don't know. I When when I decided to retire 17 years ago, I had just turned 65. I was working on a, a TV series in New York um, and I started forgetting my lines. Mm. And I came to the point where I did not want to not only embarrass myself, but embarrass the film, you know, the producer, director, the star I was working with. And so I retired. So I, I haven't I haven't done anything, you know, in, in, in I'm, I'm 82 now. So I retired at 65. I wish you could see my picture because it looked pretty darn good. <laughs> I, I saw you for a moment ago. I thought you were like 35. Oh, yeah, right, right. I started working in 1958. <laughs> but you see, the knowledge you're able to bring to the table, especially when you see the industry changing, Charlotte, because I know you watch streaming services and see how projects are and how hardly any movies are in the theater anymore. Yeah. So all that. And it's it's sad for the working actor in certain ways because they got because there's not as many of the big, big opportunities. And a lot of people are looking for their break more than ever, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm kind of out of it. 
I'm kind of out of it. My husband and I hardly ever watch, uh, you know, the TV shows that are on now. We go, we watch CSI and all the old television show. We binge watch shows. And that's because they were good. They were all good. And so that's really at home. That's what we do. We binge watch old shows, you know, from 20, 25, 30 years ago. And that's that's what we enjoy. And I tell you, know, I, I miss being on a set. I miss meeting, you know, working with other actors. But there comes a time when you have to draw the line. And I did not want to embarrass myself or anybody else. By not doing a proper job because I had a good career and, and worked steadily. And then when I realized that I couldn't do the job, I quit. And I'm not, mm. I'm not sorry about that. I have a lovely life. I live in Napa, California. Uh, it's very beautiful here. I'm near my family. So I, I retired to be near my family. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, are you working on a book or you wrote a book or oh. what's happening? I wish your camera was on because yes, I wrote a book Beautiful. called "Little House in the Hollywood Hills." Do you have a Do you have a copy there? I don't, but oh, I would darn. love one. Oh darn! I wish that the oh gosh, I wish I could put a picture on. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. We're going to put we're going to put that in some of the photos for the podcast. So don't yeah, worry. Okay, okay. It's called "Little House in the Hollywood Hills: A Bad Girl's Guide to Becoming Miss Beetle, Mary X, and Me." And it's an adventure that I had. You know, I was raised on a farm. I had bad grades in high school. I couldn't go to college like all my friends. So I saw an advertisement on the back of Teen Magazine. And it had a picture of Earl Holloman. And it talked about the Pasadena Playhouse, the State Theater of California. And I sent for an a, a application. It came, I filled it out. I signed my mother's name and sent it in and I was accepted. Then I told my mother and she said, well, we'll see about this. And we drove to Pasadena. That was uh, in 1958. And she was impressed because it was a it was a seven story building in Pasadena. It had five theaters. The curriculum was that you worked every single day and every single night. You lived in a dormitory. And she saw that that uh, my eyes lit up. I've, I, I had never thought about acting before, but this was my escape from my farm town. And uh, as it turned out, it was right. It was good for me. And I did very well. And I got my very first job, the Loretta Young show. And um, <laughs> rest is history. Fantastic. So Greg has a question. He asked all the celebrities, go with your question, Greg. Okay. Yeah, I sure do. So, Charlotte, this is for everyone who's listening and soon to be listening. Um, what's the most important thing in life you feel you've ever learned? Be yourself. Enjoy your life. Be kind. Be kind to those around you. Just, oh, boy, I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm just so grateful that I, I have a wonderful husband. I live in a wonderful town. I'm near my family. Uh, we've had a, a, just recently some deaths in the family where there's gonna be a memorial. I'm so glad that I'm close to my family um, and that, that people still wanna meet me. <laughs> like I say, I just got back from Missouri and, um, and Oklahoma and, and Wisconsin and um, I greeted thousands of people there 
who just love Little House on the Prairie. And I was there with the Waltons as well. And people come in and, you know, they're small little towns. So our, the promoter of these events is very smart. He goes to a small town where they don't have access to meeting celebrities or buying their picture or getting to have a conversation with them. He's so smart. So that's what I've been doing the last five or six years is traveling around America. I even went to France. I, I've been there twice because French love Little House on the Prairie. And um, it's just such a pleasure to meet fans who just, you know, they're, they're almost speechless because no one has ever come to their little town. You know, Marshfield, Missouri had 2000 people show up. Mm. You know, we're just, we're, we're still popular. <laughs> Charlotte, you'll always be popular. And that's the bottom line of what the brand tells about. Like in professional wrestling, I was a former professional wrestler, Charlotte. And when I wrestled in the minor leagues, I wrestled with guys like King Kong Bundy, the Bushwhackers. Uh, oh my God. I was on shows with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. All of those guys when I was in the 90s where those little towns never get the chance to see the WWE. They never get to see WCW. And to be up exactly. close with the star... Exactly. is the most powerful thing in the world or getting a chance to talk to a star is so powerful. Met, yeah. I just met a woman. Um, her name is Re Hammond. She's the pioneer woman that has a cooking show on television. She's popular all over. And we went to her town and she has a, a mercantile. It practically takes over the entire town. And we were going there to invite her to our event in Oklahoma and I walked in and she looked up and she said, Miss Beetle. Now, I had never met her before, but she was so thrilled to meet me. And, you know, that's just I was I was I was embarrassed and astonished, you know, that someone she's very popular on television. She has a great cooking show that uh, that's, you know, all over the world. And how she would remember me was just I was shocked. But she's going to join us for our, our event in Oklahoma. So, you know, I mean, that's just, I'm always surprised. Where in Oklahoma <laughs> are you going to be, Charlotte? I was, again, in Oklahoma, which I never thought I would be, oh, uh, to I, an Airbnb. But where in Oklahoma are you going to be? Hang on a second, and I'll tell you. I've got it right here. Especially for our Texas fans here. Uh, where in <laughs> Oklahoma? Because yeah, I've found out what Oklahoma looks like. I've never been there, Greg. But oh, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, okay, I'm looking for, I've got the dinner Saturday. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm sorry. I'm just, oh, gosh. Does your website have all that updated, Charlotte? I, or... It's going to be up. I just got home yesterday, so it will. I don't really have a website, but I'll put it on Facebook. Okay, so where can people find it? Is it Facebook? Uh, yes, I will put it on Facebook. All right. So we definitely yeah. find. Well, Charlotte, it was, a, it was fabulous talking to you. And, oh, the, thank you. and the power of brand, the power of a character that lives on forever, Mrs. Beetle. And that's Miss Beetle is, is crazy. It's and, and again, Twin Peaks, same thing. These brands, these shows that we've watched our whole entire lives that people have grown up with you, Charlotte, and they can continue to grow up with you. By getting the chance to meet you at your events, your events. You say you're retired. You're retired from acting, but you're not retired from being an entertainer. Because I've never been busier. Never been busier. The, you're an entertainer still. You can just <laughs> record something for two minutes on video, 
and you're doing as you're you're providing a service to people that's tremendous. So we appreciate you coming by. Thank you so much. And I'm so sorry my video didn't work. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to work on it. I have another show tomorrow. And we'll have a part two, part three, part four. That's the (laughs) thing about having your own show and getting those opportunities. So thanks again. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you very much. Be well. All right. Take care, guys. All right. That was Celebrity Interviews Live from the Broadway Greg Hanna. Take care.